This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me explode. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you on with me here. It's Monday. Coming off a fun weekend. It was Greek Easter this weekend. Ate lamb again, of course. The weather wasn't particularly amazing here in San Diego, but I still had a good weekend. Do you have Spanakopita? Of course I had Spanakopita. My favorite Greek dish. Is it really? So good. You've never had my pastizio. Which I is, don't know what that is. It is. It's kind of like Greek lasagna in a sense, or, or well, maybe even more like a Greek shepherd's pie, which is kind of like a hamburger. You know, you know what shepherd's pie is? A hamburger filling. With mashed potatoes. With mashed potatoes, only this is a, a hamburger filling with a pasta and cream sauce atop. It's pretty, pretty fabulous. But if you love Greek and Greek yumminess, there is no greater Greek yumminess than coming up on the Andrea K show, and that is Andrea Tanteros her, herself. And John Stamos. And, oh, Blackie from General Hospital. You're too young to remember Blackie when he was on General Hospital. But he's, no, he's, been, he's Uncle Jesse for me. Yes, he's Uncle Jesse for you, but he's Blackie for us uh, back. Um, I don't even remember when that was on General Hospital, but he's been he's been adorbs ever since. In fact, you may not know this, but initially the Jesse character was not supposed to be Greek. I think it was in the first season, uh, season or second they changed his name and made his character and his the Katsopoulos. Yeah, initially it was something else that was supposed to be. So you're but getting back to the Greek fabulousness that is Andrea Tanteros. Be sure you stay tuned because she's going to be on the show. Super excited to have her. She's going to be talking about uh, her new book that is just really like going crazy. It's called Tied Up in Knots, and it's about the feminist movement and how, like all liberal movements, ends up hurting the people that it's supposed to help. Women have ended up more more miserable than ever thanks to the feminist movement. So she's her book is funny, and it's got some great insights, and so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Go to my website, AndreaKShow.com. I'm going to have a new blog post up. I'm going to have a couple up this week, one that does have to do with... With women's issues, not necessarily the same from the same take or same optics and vision, because of course nobody can can take an issue and look at it in the same way as Andrea Tanteros. But also, I'm going to be expanding on a comment, a post that I did on Facebook, and follow me there as well, and go to my fan page because one of the things that happened this weekend was more of the same in terms of uh, attacks and infighting that's going on in the party. I have not endorsed a presidential candidate because I stopped endorsing presidential candidates going back before 2008. And there's a reason why I don't endorse candidates anymore. It's because I personally and professionally, the Andrea K show, and I explained this more on Facebook, I don't advocate for party or Paul. I advocate for ideas. It And those ideas to me, have been around long before and be, will be around long after anybody currently running for office will exist. Because my ideas, the ideas that I advocate for, are based in the Constitution and those of our founders. And not everybody, not just because somebody says they're a Republican, does that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they agree with me on my definition of constitutional conservative conservatism or have a plan to implement it. Another reason why I don't endorse candidates is because I... As a constitutional conservative, I believe in individual liberty and responsibility, and that means include including your vote. I believe that you have a right, you have the freedom as an individual to review the candidates, investigate them, and, and evaluate them on whatever criteria you choose, and go into that ballot box and vote for whomever you choose. And if you want to tell me who that is, fine. And if you don't want to tell me who that is, I respect that as well. I respect my listeners, many of which don't take the time. I know from talking to them, they, you know, they just vote along party platforms or, or whatever. But as I told people along the way in the primary process, 
people that were scared to say who they were supporting. I said, you go to that caucus. I think I told Connie Powers this. I said, you go to that caucus. You do your thing. You vote for whoever you want to vote for. It does not mean that I don't care what the outcome is. It means that I respect my listeners and their individual right and individual responsibility. There's that old saying, we get the government we deserve. So, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm happy with the choices that you made, but it means that I believe in and have respect in other people and their decisions. And I don't try to tower over and and tell somebody what they should and shouldn't be doing. Because, see, to me, that's liberalism. Another reason why I haven't is because I don't want to be a voice for division. I speak out hard and loudly and speak forcefully for ideas, but I don't speak to separate. It's never my goal to try to shout anybody down. In any way, it's not my goal to try to prove that I'm smarter than anybody else. It's not my goal to try to foster any kind of division. I push to persuade people on ideas. And one of the biggest insults that I have gotten from people, and it happened this weekend, is that if I'm not giving a full-throated endorsement of Ted Cruz, and or if I if I pose even the slightest bit of criticism of him in any way that involves strategy or any campaign play in the same way that I have Trump, I, I actually had somebody this weekend accuse me of being a liberal and telling me that I must have voted for Obama twice. And all I did was say that when Cruz came out and said that uh, he defended Trump supposedly in terms of the rallies and, and the protests that happened outside his rallies, I said, well, it would have been awesome had he not then taken a swipe at Trump at the end and basically continuing to dredge up this notion that, you know, Trump is somehow creating, you know, a, a atmosphere of violence. Why am I not allowed to, to level that criticism? I've criticized Trump for things that he said and done. If you can't hear any criticism of your candidate, something's wrong with you. It does not mean that something's wrong with me and I'm not a constitutional conservative. A friend of mine on Facebook said, well, if you're worried about division and unity, keep the focus on policies and issues. That's what I've been doing for years, five years now on the Andrea K show. I advocate for conservative, constitutional conservative ideas, limited government. I do a Tuesday business block where I talk about aspects of limited government economically. I talk about cultural stuff. We're going to get into that with Andrea Tanteros coming up. This is what I do. I support constitutional conservatism and ideas. I value individual freedom of expression as a constitutional conservative. Free speech is one of those things that I value the most. And people trying to shut me down and, and trying to silence me because they can't tolerate an opposing viewpoint or an opposing opinion of their candidate, you, you're the one who needs to look in the, in the mirror and decide whether or not you're really a conservative. We come back. I'm going to tone it down a little bit. I'm going to talk to the amazing Andrea Tanteros, who's actually here to talk about love. She's not here to talk about division and unity. So stay tuned. Andrea Tanteros from Fox's Outnumbered and her new book, Tied Up in Knots, coming right up. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Playing it 
of the classic Andrea K. Show Smooth Groove. Hey, welcome back to the Andrew K. Show. Glad to have you all here with me today, as usual. And I tell you, I'm super excited to have this next guest with me. And not just because she's a hot witch named Andrea, but because she is brilliant. She is the always and amazing Andrea Tanteros, host of Outnumbered and author of an incredible new book that you've got to go and get called Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show, Andrea. Well, thank you. And I got to say, I love the music. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's, it's one of my anthems. Uh, first of all, Christos Anesti, sister. Uh, Alitos Anesti. <laughs> yeah. Did you get your Greek on yesterday? I did. I got a little bit of my Greek on, yes. And we'll tell the listeners, in case they don't know you very well, by the way, you, you said in Greek, happy, uh, or he is risen, and I said he is risen indeed. Absolutely. Very impressed, Andrea. Well, thank you. I'm actually not Greek. Uh, well, I'm an honorary Greek. I married into a very large, straight-out-of-the-movie Greek family. And you know, I don't have to tell you, there's no fighting it. All these years later, I, 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 you know what I mean? In fact, I make the best pastizio you've ever had in your life. Do not doubt me on this. I mean, for real. Well, I will have to try it because I'm still working on my recipe. I, I do an okay job. I do an okay job, but it, it, there's room for improvement for sure. <laughs> Always. Um, before I get into talking about your book, I've, I would my listeners would absolutely kill me if I did not ask you some basic questions about what's going on with the election. You know, we had Benefer. Then we had a, had us some Brangelina. Now we got Cruz Arena, a little love match going on there. Are they going to be able to take their, their little love fest into, into Indiana and get some love from the voters? I don't think so. Uh, I think that Indiana is squarely in Donald Trump's um, corner. And uh, you look at the polling. I mean, he's leading there by double digits. And I think that this nomination is is pretty much sealed. Um, it, it was a little odd to me. And I and I do I like Cruz and I like uh, Carly Fiorina mm-hmm. a lot. But just the facts are the facts. And I always call it like I see it. Right. And there is no mathematical pathway for Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was a little strange to see him name a VP when there's no possible mathematical chance or pathway for him. And it was the same week, as you know, Andrea, that everyone was talking about the woman card. Right. And how Hillary was playing it. And I thought, well, isn't Ted Cruz kind of playing it, too? He was. Um, and a lot of people thought that that was kind of a hat tip to him. They kind of saw that as a strategic move and kind of a way uh, for him to try to show, hey, here's how I'm going to defeat Hillary going into the general, you know, trying to trying to pivot. I thought it was actually in some ways kind of a good play in the fact that he did take a little steam out of the landslide five state beat down on Cruz last week because it shifted the conversation. You know, Trump did a re- what I thought was a really solid uh, foreign policy speech the next day. But really, what was everybody talking about? They were talking about Cruz Arena. But I'm glad you call it the way you, you see it, because I want to get a little analysis from you. I am. I have been one of these people that have been arguing for years that the, one of the reasons why one of the reasons why we lost so badly in 08 and in 2012 was because we've been running these squishy moderates, these people who didn't really know how to sell conservatism, in part because they didn't believe in it. And in part mm-hmm. and, and also they didn't, therefore, give a really clear choice here. We've got this constitutional conservative who who should be the answer to everybody's dream and but for the ability to go around the voters and you know get some support from the delegates which is softening a little bit he's really not people aren't coalescing behind him you are a former press sec why do you think mm-hmm. he really has not jumped why he didn't jump out in the lead and just take this from the be, from the beginning and you mean Ted Cruz yes of course I think that look, Ted Cruz's policies are fantastic. I mean, as a conservative, I, I think that he is, you know, arguably the most conservative in the race. Um, and 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 I, and I like him. I like what I see on paper. Mm-hmm. There's something about him, though, that doesn't connect with voters. And this isn't my feeling alone. This right. is what I hear from other people. It's I can't support him because he seems too phony. He's a little too televangelisty. There's yeah. something inauthentic about him. And that was the best piece of advice that I got when I transitioned from politics to television. And that was be yourself, be right. authentic. Don't try and be something you're not. And I get the sense that Ted Cruz is very different behind the scenes than he is in front of the camera. And I think if we saw more Cruz mm-hmm. really, you know, unfiltered right. and, and unpolished and sort of, you know, you, you take a little bit of the, the rough edges of Donald Trump right. and, and you put that on Ted Cruz and you put Cruz's polish on Trump. 
I think both men would be better off. And I say that because when Ted Cruz talks about addiction, mm-hmm. which was a topic this election cycle, Carly right. Fiorina talked about it, Chris Christie, all of these candidates, something came alive in them. And it was right. the best way to see how authentic they were being, because with Ted Cruz, it was like a different person was talking. Right. I mean, right. I felt like we were finally getting a window into who Ted Cruz was mm-hmm. because he spoke from the heart. Right. He wasn't scripted. It was it was motivating by reason. It was persuading through emotion because you knew it wasn't just some poll tested BS that a, that a political consultant had handed him. Right. And I thought, God, do this more often. They should all be doing this more often. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, I think it's a couple of reasons for that. I think that he is first and foremost an attorney. And I think when I see him speak, I feel like he almost can't stop himself from, and that's a huge part of who he is as a person. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to leave one part of you at home when you go to work every day. It's, you know, it's like we are who we, we take who we are in our personal lives into our professional life. And for me, when I hear him speak, it's almost as though every time he speaks, it's like he feels like he's back in front of a jury and he almost can't stop themselves. It took me years to shed my corporate sales persona when I would talk to people. I would be, especially Mm. if I put a business suit on, oh my gosh, then I'm back in the boardroom. I had to learn to talk to people just one-on-one as people and stop treating everything as a presentation. And I do think that he is getting some bad advice from some people, that he's continuing that and he does not do attack dog very well. And when he's attacking Trump, he's losing. He was asked a really good question about, by Bill O'Reilly actually, Mm. the other night about, you know, we're going to need to unite what uh, the Republican Party is, whatever happens at the convention. Do you think you can unite the party? And instead of talking beautifully about how we can unite around policies, around positions that are so superior as conservatives over liberalism, he immediately went to attack Trump. And so I think that, you know, your advice would really go a long way for him to just be genuine, speak from the heart, and really, I think, speak to the amazing positions that he holds as a conservative. Because I'm looking at what's going on with Puerto Rico. Speaking of Greece, Puerto Rico is now mm-hmm. Greece. We, you know, a lot of people are speculating it's not going to be Hillary, you know, that it's going to be Biden. It doesn't matter who it is that we go up against in, in the fall. It's going to be a socialist. And we better have somebody. We better coalesce around conservative principles and have somebody who can sell the free market capitalists, the beauty of that, in the general, as well as a candidate that's going to be able to push back and win against the war on women. Who do you think is best to sell the free market capitalist system and the beauty of that and fight this war on women mantra? Because if they could label Romney a woman hater, man, they can get that on anybody. We've got Trump who's had the label of misogynist and we've got Cruz who's a really staunch conservative and the left loves to label that uh, uh, Christians Mm -hmm. as women haters. Well, I think that, you know, a couple of things. I think that, they're going to call whomever wins on the right a misogynist. Um, as you mentioned, they, they painted Mitt Romney um, as a misogynist who had a number of females, whether you like Mitt Romney or not. His record of hiring women is, is pretty spectacular. I mean, yes. he had a female chief of staff, and he's elevated women to the highest positions. There's no way you can paint Romney as a misogynist. But they did it effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the key there was he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to fight back against it. He didn't fight, and that is why Trump is doing so well, because they label him as a misogynist, and he keeps fighting back. What he's doing with Hillary Clinton um, is he's just going on offense, Donald Trump. Um, he, right. he attacked her for playing the women card last week. This week, you saw, you know, just this morning, he says that she's been very nasty to men, yeah. um, and he's not afraid to go after Bill, which I think Republicans have been skeptical about. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, again, they hear from these consultants, oh, these consultants right. that were the same ones that told Marco Rubio to do something that wasn't authentic to who he was. I mean, right. voters can tell a phony. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's that you've got to fight back. If people are going to label you something and they're going to do it, whether you're misogynist or not, you've got to be able to fight back. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also a delicate dance because in politics, if you're explaining you're losing. Right. Um, but I think that I think that with Cruz picking Carly and again, I really like Carly. Fiorina, but you look at her numbers. What what does she bring him? What states does she bring him? She wasn't widely accepted in the Republican Party. And I have to tell you, Andrea, as a woman, it bugged me. Yeah, because I like Carly Fiorina seeing her on that stage, her debate performance, again, whether you agree with her positions or not. She's a spectacular debater. Yeah. And you only get to be in a position that she was in if you're tough 
and you're sharp and you take no nonsense. Absolutely. That's why I I really liked her. That's why I admire and I and I do like Carly Fiorina. But as a VP pick, to me it looked it looked a little too desperate. And yeah. it did look like he was playing the woman card. And I looked at her numbers before you know before she dropped out of the race. Three percent, two percent. If she's not hugely popular, I wonder what she brings. Right. Um, and I know VPs aren't supposed to do any harm, but I guess it's going to be Hillary Clinton no matter what. That Bernie Sanders never had a chance. This was like a big fake campaign that we've been talking about for months. It's all been kabuki theater. It's going to be Hillary. Who has the guts to go against Hillary Clinton and not be afraid to take all the incoming mm-hmm. about being called a misogynist and the war on women and really fight back and not be afraid to point out that Hillary Clinton does not care about advancing women everywhere. Right. She's only cared about advancing the interest of one woman, and herself. that is herself. Right. We're talking to Andrea Tanteros. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. I think the play for Carly with, with Cruz, and I think it was miscalculated, was California. I think that that he misunderstood her situation here in California. And I, I've been really in deep here in California Republican politics for mm-hmm. a long time, and she is not resoundingly loved here. And she does not have a history that I, I I did love her, though, initially in the race for a couple of reasons. I've been begging for years for somebody to come out of that corporate world that I come out of. And I tell you, for her to get to where she was, I don't want to hear criticisms of what happened with employees and outsourcing any of this. You do not get to that level of corporate America without being really brilliant and have a skin so thick that there is. You talk about taking a fight to somebody. She indicated it on the debate stage. That's a woman that's got some fighter. You can't get up in the corporate ranks unless you do. I think Cruz can take the fight to Hillary. If he does not listen to the consultants whispering in his ear who are right now giving him bad strategy, I got to get into your book because I absolutely loved it. (laughs) Um, You said that it was a rightful feminist pursuit and yet it just went too far. And I thought that was so brilliant because like all liberalism, it all starts out supposedly with good intentions and ends up hurting the very Mm -hmm. people that it's supposed to help. And this movement was no different. You know, it's because it's it's like government liberal movements. It's just never enough. They're never satisfied. This has gone from women burning their bras to men wearing bras now. And Mm -hmm. and if you but if you say I kind of disagreed with you, though, at one point, because if you say genders are different, then why was it a rightful pursuit in the first place? And when should it have stopped? Well, you know, I think that I think that feminists did take it too far and they and they did it because there was there was two main camps. And and I give feminists credit because they've gotten us a number of rights and and rightful equality with men, which we deserved. But they, they made two critical errors. One, they did it at the expense of men meaning they told women that it wasn't just good enough to rise up and be equal with men. We had to be better. Mm. We had to not just do it on our own volition. We had to tear down the patriarchy, rip it down. Okay. So it wasn't just about rising up on our own to be on the same level, to climb the mountain and be on the same Mm. level. It was climb the mountain and then dig your high heel into the men and step on them on your way up. Right. In fact, I'm flashing. Right. Excuse me for interrupting. In fact, I'm flashing on Murphy Brown. You remember, you know, you might not remember when Dan Quell was like, you'd look at this is what the what the media and what Hollywood and what the left is trying to do. It wasn't that wasn't just about glamorizing single motherhood. It was about demonizing men and telling and telling women, you don't need a man. Husbands are irrelevant. Men are irrelevant. You're better than men. Right. And and it's not just Murphy Brown. I mean, we've heard it from, you know, Jennifer Aniston when she was promoting her movie a couple years ago, The Switch, that women, you don't need a man to have a baby, which is really the most destructive um, thing you can tell a woman because single motherhood is the hardest job in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's the quickest pathway to poverty. And that's a fact. So um, these women, that was one side of the coin, tanned out, teared on the patriarchy. The other side was the Helen Gurley Browns the former you know, editor of Cosmo magazine, mm-hmm. who said, no, 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 Gloria Steinem's not right. Listen, girls, you're never going to tear down the patriarchy. You just have to use your sexuality to figure out a better way to navigate it. <laughs> you have all these women, you know, who, who were told to have sex like men, date like men, work like men, party like men. There's only one problem. We're not men. Our wiring is totally different. Mm-hmm. So in the quest for equality, They got equal confused with the same. Women and men are equal, but we're not the same. Right. And so women all this time coveting what men had end up becoming manly and masculine, Mm -hmm. leaving 
who in society to assume the role of female? Who's going to be feminine? You know, who's going to be the one to civilize the men? Bruce Jenner? Historically, women have always civilized the men. Now, the women who are the keeper, keeper of values, mm-hmm. they've outsourced that, you know, to, to basically no one. And that's why I think we've seen the culture coarsen. Well, yeah. And, and well, what they've done is they've outsourced it to the village, you know, and, and I, you know, I think about, you know, the, the message, oh, you know, you can't have it all and you can do it all women. Well, no, you really can't. Because when I was in corporate America, I had a little bit of a problem with some of these feminists who would make choices to have all these children that they could not financially afford or take care of. And they, then they were going to the employer and expecting greater benefits and, and, and accommodations for them that I wasn't getting. It was discrimination towards the single women like me that were making responsible choices for my life. And, you know, like all liberalism, it's the unequal treatment in the, in the false quest for equality. And in terms of relationships, I was thinking about, you know, oh, you can go and have sex like men. Who was it? It must have been a man who wrote that. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess I wasn't mm-hmm. wrong. Sex in a city, the city Samantha character. Isn't that the man's dream? A woman who, you know, doesn't, you know, ever want to get married and just wants to go around and have indiscriminate sex with everybody and, you know, never I- expect anything for, and also pick up the check. You know, that's just not reality. What ended up happening was we've taken the guilt away from the guys. You know, no wonder we've yeah, got, I mean, you know, five city character. Samantha was only there to keep men interested in the show. I mean, she's just an, an anomaly. I mean, I don't know any women who are really like her. Um, most women, and I don't purport to speak on behalf of all women, but most women I know and that I've interviewed for the book hundreds, um, whether they're conservative or whether they're liberal, most women I know want commitment. Mm-hmm. They want monogamy. They want honesty and respect and right. kindness and equality and dignity. But guess what? So do the men. Mm-hmm. The men are sick of being emasculated. They're sick of being treated. The same things that women said about men, women are doing to men. Mm-hmm. And society just keeps it going with commercials that make fun of the dads or make fun of the guys or make fun of the men. You know, men nowadays, and they, they're very honest with me, you know, the ones I've interviewed for the book, they say, look, you told us you didn't need us. The Murphy Browns of the world, the Jennifer Anisons of the world. You told us you didn't need us. You told us you could get the bill, you could get the door, you didn't need a compliment. And now you're asking, where have all the good men gone? Right. Well, you you sent us away. Yeah. So I think that the rise of social media dating apps has completely, completely um, done no good to women. No good. Um, they have foregone monogamy. They've foregone all the things that matter to them. Right. And then they've been told that they shouldn't care about it. You got to be too cool to care. Oh, he didn't call you back. Don't care. Right. Oh, you don't care. I don't care. Oh, who cares? Oh, Women you're pre- care you're pregnant. You want to have the baby, and he's telling you he doesn't even remember who you are. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, right? Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about the, the fact that you. you be careful what you want, because the end result of this is, you know, guys don't have to feel guilty anymore. And now they feel completely empowered to treat women. There's no standards of behavior anymore in treatment towards women. And now they think that, you know, they have the right to treat women like the people in the rap videos treat women. And women are responding. That's why we're seeing all these young women now twerking and behaving badly like we see in the videos, because that's what's expected of them. Because, And in fact, to me, I think that kind of mimics Samantha from Sex and the City, because the message is, you know, uh, you know, flaunt your sexuality and use that, and that's how you're going to get men. Well, you're going to get men, but you're going to get them for a couple hours. Right. And that's all you're going to get them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my older brother always says, um, if you want to keep a man, if you want a man to come back, you got to give him something to come back for. Right. Uh, it's very, very simple. Um, so, again, Samantha from Sex and the City isn't real. Um, Miley Cyrus, uh, her behavior, she's a celebrity. She's mm-hmm. got millions of dollars. Young girls now are taking naked pictures. They're doing, you know, um, polygamy, you know, group sex. They're, they're capturing all of this with their phones and their Snapchat. And it's really, not only is it destroying their lives, they don't even know what's coming down the pike. Right. I mean, men are never, never going to settle down with a girl who they think has sent hundreds of men naked photos or who has advertised herself on Tinder. 
they're ju- that's not what they want. They're right. not going to want that. No man wants that. Yeah, the um, message to young night. Right. The message to young girls is not what it used to be, which is there's there's two kinds of girls out there. There's the kind that they want to have fun with and the kind they want to bring home to mother. And the reality is that it's not the Kardashian world out there where you can be like Courtney and decide to have three kids and still live in a mansion. The reality is what the left has done with this feminist movement has left us with the divorce rate highest it's ever been, single mothers in poverty like never before. Uh, with many, many, many children, the village out there being expected to take care of these of these children, which many times are not being raised with any discipline or any values or any, any morals. And it's creating, uh, a, a, yeah, a power base for the Democrat Party because these people are dependent on society, which is why the, I think the left, you know, has really been a, a pushing this agenda. But it's hurting all of us in the long run. It, it does not take a village to raise a child. Ladies, don't have that child and, and don't have sex with a man unless you know that you want to have a kid with him. And then you better be prepared to take care of it on your own because we got $20 trillion in debt, Andrea. We cannot afford to continue to have people just think that you know they can just do whatever they want to do and somebody else has to pay for it. That's a huge fallout of this movement, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the culture is in real trouble. Uh, Republicans, they fight over the, you know, the medical device tax. They fight these small battles. But the real war is for the culture. And on that war, the the conservatives have lost. We lost a long time ago. Um, And when conservatives weigh in, typically, they misfire. Mm -hmm. And I say that because as much as I like Mike Huckabee, his criticism of pop culture figures when he tries to weigh in the culture, they, they don't they don't help. Republican women. No. Or they, and they don't help women, period. Um, but they certainly don't help the you know conservative cause. And I say that because I disagree with Beyonce on just about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't politically see eye to eye on anything. However, Beyonce leads her life in a traditional way. She waited to get married. She waited till after marriage to have a child. And she sat down with Oprah and she said to Oprah, I would not be the woman that I am today if I didn't come home to that man every night. Mm. Now, of course, the media ignores that message. Mm -hmm. The media ignores Sheryl Sandberg, another huge progressive, who in her book Lean In wrote, ladies, if you want to lean in, you have to do one thing. You have to get one thing correct, and that is pick the right partner. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that's a traditional message. The media glazes over that. Right. Steve Harvey, a not, another non-conservative, he's out there every day saying, ladies, treat your men with respect. Stop telling you you don't need us. We want to feel needed. We want to feel loved. If you keep saying we don't need a man, we don't need a man, well, we have no place to fit in in your life. That's right. And I cite all of these examples from Lena Dunham's co-stars on Girls asking where all the romance has gone, why aren't men stepping up to pay the bills, these are liberals, mm-hmm. and they're saying the same things as conservatives. So this book is not political. It's not ideological. I don't rip down, you know, predictably conservatives and feminists every single page. I use the words and the points of liberals to highlight that we're saying the same things. Uh. We, we all want respect. Mm-hmm. We all want intimacy, right. power, kills intimacy. Social media apps, sexting, it kills intimacy. Respect. Women don't respect their husbands. If women demand respect from men, which we do and we should, Mm -hmm. then damn it, it's a two-way street. Right. So Beyonce, again, don't agree with her on anything, but Beyonce is an example of someone who is living her life Mm -hmm. waiting for marriage, not becoming a single mother, waiting to have that child, a good example to all women, regardless of race, and we are ripping her down as conservatives by Mike Huckabee saying Jay Z is her pimp. Oh, Jay Z yeah. is her pimp. Nah, yeah, I don't that like that. Not, that is not a message that a pastor should espouse. And again, I don't do it to impugn right. men on the right, but men on the right sometimes they step in it, and then and then you and I, Andrea, have to wipe off their shoes and clean it up and say, "Oh, the Republican Party, we don't have a sexism problem." <laughs> right. I think that there's a problem in this country right. in both parties, and yeah. it's not political and it's not ideological. If we can just turn the wheel just a little bit, we're never going to win the culture outright. We're not going to go back to the days of leave it to beaver. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be putting the genie back in the bottle. And for so many reasons, I don't want to go back because I've been a direct recipient of feminism and so have you. However, there are some things that we can agree on and we can turn that wheel even just a little bit. And if Mm -hmm. I can get the founder of Jezebel 
to tell me last week, the founder of Jezebel, the ultra feminist blog Mm -hmm. website, to tell me, Andrea, I read your book. And I was nodding at 90% of it, nodding in agreement, going, yes, yes, That's yes, awesome. doggy earring pages. Mm-hmm. Andrea, we can, we can make not only just women, but men's lives much better, too. And I think both sexes being happier, I think that's something we can all agree on. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you put it in the context of nonpartisan because I'm always, you know, fighting for my conservative principles and, and, and fighting. And I'm, I'm a macro thinker, so I always look to the second, third, and fourth <laughs> level of implications of everything. But and if we're going to talk as Republicans about cultural issues and about healing a culture, we kind of got to stop doing that. We kind of got to look at what unites us all. And as conservatives, we're, we're, we are are by, by and large people who believe in God and have a, have a religious value system that we operate from, and that's supposed to be about love. And it's supposed to be about reaching other people and saying, hey, let's all love and respect each other. And at the core of, of America was a traditional relationship between man and woman that we, like you said, it doesn't have to go all the way back to what it used to look like, but we can, we can have it be better than what it is right now. And it, it, to end it with Beyonce, one of the things I love, if you like it, put, you know, better put a ring on it isn't that what her song was let's let's tell ladies ladies hold out for better you know set expectations with men give them a reason to want to to buy the cow don't don't be letting them always have the milk for free and you know let's get back to some traditional roles men love your ladies treat them with respect where can people get your book tied up in knots you can get it you can get it on amazon.com you can get it on harpercollins.com any bookstore it's in bookstores everywhere and i have to tell you i am just so humbled at all the support. Um, people have been buying the book. It's flying off shelves. And I am just so grateful to, to the listeners and to the viewers and to everyone who's bought the book. The outpouring has been just humbling and just dazzling to watch. And so, Andrea, thank you so much for supporting me, for having me on, for supporting the book. It makes an awesome Mother's Day gift. There's Ooh, so idea. much wisdom from my mom, who's a Christian, but it's not overtly Christian. It's just Christian wisdom that I weave throughout the book. You don't even know really it's there, but it's a way to, again, get our conservative messages into a coarsened um, secular culture in a way that if we can just come together and get feminists to say, you know what? We've been wrong about a couple things. We've Mm -hmm. been wrong about a lot. And for conservative women to say, you know what? Sometimes feminists have a point. They're actually, they've been right about stuff that you, neither party is right about everything. Right. And if we can come together and say, guess what? We all, men and women, liberals and conservatives, we all want love. We all want to be respected. We all want commitment. And we all want someone at the end of the day to Mm -hmm. have our back. Right. People don't honor their word anymore. They don't honor their commitment. They don't have discretion. Discretion, I mean, don't send a naked photo to 17 men. Right. Keep it intimate. Pick right. up the phone. Don't, don't text. Don't sext. Talk to someone. See them face to face. We've all gotten so lazy in our personal relationships, in our friendships, in our romantic relationships. we got to restore the intimacy back. Right. And again, It's not an ideological thing. It's just a human thing. It's fair shakes for both men and women. And that is the true definition of feminism. Awesome. Andrea Tanteros, the book is tied up in knots. Go to Amazon.com and get it today. Andrea, thanks so much for being here. Have a great day. Thank you, Andrea. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to pick it up on the other side because we've got some other topics to get into, some other things happening out there in the world. I've even got a fur baby story. Speaking of love, we're going to keep the conversation rolling about love and talk a little bit about that. So don't go anywhere. It's the Andrea K Show. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? 
Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Empowerment. Thank you, Andrea Tanteros, for being on the Andrea K. Show. I love that uh, that she's written a book that speaks to the really the depths of the cultural issues that we've got here in America, which was really begun with the left wanting to destroy the fabric of our nation, which was the family, the family unit. That's really why feminism, what the feminist movement was about. But she's got a way of writing it and writing a book about it and tackling the issue in a way that's nonpartisan. And that really should be the benchmark and the blueprint for how we tackle a lot of issues. It kind of reminds me of back in the 2012 Republican convention where the gal, I think her last name was Sanchez from Arizona spoke and she had been come from a long line of Democrats. She had been a sheriff, her family owned a business, a restaurant there in Arizona, family of immigrants legally. And somebody took her to lunch from the Republican party and just talked about issues and leaving the labels off of Republican or Democrat. And at the end of the lunch, he says, Oh, good. Hot dang. We're Republicans. She had no idea. And I think that that, that's really kind of we need to unite as a party going into the convention. We need to come out with a platform and a candidate that speaks to all of America because we got a nation that is now more Democrats and independents than Republicans. And we got to get to that. Um, Another cultural issue that's that uh, the left a movement. This kind of tied in to, I, I know that her book is nonpartisan, but like I told her, Andrea Tanteros, I, I always see things from a macro level, the second and the third and the fourth level implications. It did start with burning bras and now it ends up with men wearing bras because when you attack a gender and you tell people that they're equal, there's no difference between the two, then the end result is eventually over time, you're going to have people say, well, there's no such thing as gender anyway. So now here we are with, you know, this, you know, I think Facebook has 20 something categories for gender. There's no such thing. The party of science has somehow got people convinced that science doesn't exist. And now we've got situations to where, as part of this movement, the ongoing cultural Marxist movement to completely destroy the fabric of America, we've got this whole not non-gendered go what use whatever bathroom of your choice movement going on in America which is absolutely absurd and one angle of that 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 I don't think a lot of people I haven't heard mentioned by anybody else um it may be in play out there but to me when I heard about it I was kind of remembering back when my nieces and nephews were in were not even in junior high I think they were in 6th grade in Ohio and my sister had to go have a talk with the school back there because they were not going to be allowed to opt out of a, of sex education that was incredibly graphic to where the girls were going to have to practice putting condoms on bananas in front of boys and I can remember my sister explaining to them with look of like they had no these people had not thought of this and I hadn't either but it ties into the story here my sister said to them, my children 
male and female, because she had boys and girls, have a right to develop their own sense of modesty in every aspect of their life. And there's an intention, an intentional act, a, a willful movement to strip our children of that in society. And that's a part of what this bathroom situation is. It's about, it's, it's about, it's like any other act of assault and abuse. It's about conquest. It's about taking somebody over and dominating them. And that is what they're doing. They're basically, and, and that's what it's having a little girl be forced to share a public bathroom with a man robs her of her right to develop her own sense of modesty, right to have personal boundaries for her body and for her life. That is an assault on her. It may not be physical. That man may not touch her because too much of the dialogue is about whether or not an actual physical act uh, occurs of a crime against children in these situations. And I'm saying it's bigger than that. I'm saying it's meant to it's psychological abuse abuse. It's meant to condition Americans to continue to give more and more control of their lives and their thoughts and their brains and even their bodies and their own privacy and their own value system. They got to get to these kids early in a variety of different ways, and that's what this is about. And I am proud to, to, to find out that a million people have signed a protest on Target, and that Target, uh, who was supposed to be a family-friendly store, their stocks have fallen uh, 2.65 cents per share, which is about a $1.5 billion decrease in the value of the company's stock. Is it directly linked to that? Mm, I don't know how directly it linked it is, but... I actually believe that it is linked. This is clearly an assault on Americans. Um, We've got Kurt Schilling, who was fired from ESPN because he said he didn't, you know, he didn't uh, have he didn't appreciate these bathroom situations. ESPN, who still has Ray Lewis, who impeded a criminal murder investigation. We got Spike Lee, the racist. He's still doing videos for ESPN, but you can't speak out on behalf of children. And their privacy and their right to privacy and their right to modesty. Oh, I hear Dana Perino or somebody the other day saying, but there's individual stalls in the women's room. It doesn't invade anybody's privacy. I can't imagine being a little girl and seeing a grown man walk into the public restroom. It is a private, intimate area. Same thing with the boys. It's astounding. That These are the kinds of issues that I think that we can as a party deal with culturally we can speak to it in a way as andrea tantero said in a way that speaks to democrats and independents if we do it right not related to love related to hate and related to the war on terror is we got a cia director brennan who says that the 28 pages for the 9-11 report that involve the saudi government and officials should not be made public why does he get to decide what should be made public and what i know See, they, they, they're, they're taking us over in public restrooms and telling us we don't have a right to privacy there, that we, we don't have any choice for what we consider private. But then they think that they remember this was supposed to the trans, rule of law and transparency will be the hallmarks of my administration. He says that there's no evidence that the Saudi government as an institution supported Al Qaeda. Oh, interesting weasel words. The American people should not continue to allow anything related to our to our security to continue to be withheld from us. But this happened under Bush's watch, these 28 pages that were hidden. He's got some explaining to do here as well. We need to we need to be coalescing as a party around not just these cultural issues, but for if you look at all the exit polls, we're going into Indiana tomorrow. I don't expect the exit polls to be any different than they have been before. Economy and jobs and terrorism are the number one issues that the American people see. And, uh, and, and within that is the borders. You looked at those rallies that we had. Talk about hate. There's no greater hate than all of these protesters outside Donald Trump. You don't see Republicans. You don't see Kasich supporters, you don't see Cruz supporters or Trump supporters going and trying to shut down or Republicans in general going to any Democrat event and and behaving like you saw there. And to see it being done by people waving Mexican flags and wearing sombreros and giving the middle finger in on Espanol here is beyond frustrating and makes me crazy angry. We must 
protect our nation. We must rally as a party around sealing our borders, the southern borders where the people are coming across. And we know that that includes ISIS. We need to, to protect our economic borders because of the economy and jobs. And that TPP is horrible for America. We know that coming from what happened with NAFTA. And we also have to stop the influx in the immigration and, and the forced importation of Islamic terrorism into America. Don't forget, set your clocks. I don't, tomorrow's Indiana. I don't think it's going to be over at Indiana. I think that we know that he's not, I don't believe he's going to have 1,230. He's got nine, Trump has 900 and something now. He's not, there's only 50 something at stake in Indiana. I think people are right now expecting Trump to win. He's not going to cross the 1,237 mark. I don't believe tomorrow that's going to bring us to California. Finally, we get to have a little power. Going on with that. So set your clocks and your, in your, set it in your day timers. Tuesday, June 7, from 3 p.m. on, you're going to want to go to am1170theanswer.com or am1170 here in San Diego because starting at 3 o'clock, we got Larry Elder on till 6, and then Craig Sewing and I are going to be actually, we're going to be broadcasting live, but from Golden Hall downtown San Diego. We're going to go be going over all the election results. We're going to have lots of high profile fun guests. So it's going to be a super fun night. If you're anywhere in the area, come in and say hi to Craig. Maybe we'll put you on the air. You never know. Um, I'm curious, you know, what you guys think of my interview with Andrea Tanteros. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Go to my Facebook page. Like my Facebook fan page. Go to my website, AndreaKshow.com. One of the things that you know that I'm passionate about, in addition to politics, is my fur babies. This is a love story, kind of tying into the love book that Andrea Tanteros wrote, tied, uh, tied up in knots, by the way. Um. Did y'all know, I mean, I think everybody knows that if you've got a fur baby, it's going to make you feel good and it's just going to bring a joy into your life. Those of us who have fur babies know that you come home at the end of a tough day and just to be greeted with that, that little smile and that unconditional love just really fills your heart with so much joy. Well, there's been an actual study that was done. This is in the Daily Mail that says that actual dogs, the bond between man and dog is so strong. This article says that their hearts actually beat in sync. A study was done with in, in Australia, and what they did was they separated some dogs from their owners. They strapped heart monitors on the people and the animals, and then when they were reunited, they looked at what was happening on the heart monitors, and immediately the heart rates fell, and then the heart patterns began to mirror each other. Now, even though they kind of hearts were kind of beating a little bit at different rates, they were really on the same pattern, which is just absolutely extraordinary. And for anybody who's got – you got – this is just another reason to get a fur baby in your life. It really is. If I had a backyard, if I wasn't living hillside, I swear I'd have like 90 dogs. 90 dogs. As much as I love my baby Bo, he, I would have more. I'm going to have a herd of corgis. Corgis? Yes, I'll have a herd of corgis and I'll be best friends with the queen and they'll play together. <laughs> Which queen, baby? You better get on it because right now, Queen Queen E. She's oh, getting up there. She's getting up there, baby. Why corgis though? What is it about that breed? This guy because their little stubbly legs and they're oh, they're so cute. They're yeah, adorable. They are adorable, but I have heard they're not necessarily the nicest doggy in the pack. But that may that may be cool with you, Dijon. I don't know. Hey, you know what's cool? Having you guys all share this time with me tomorrow night, Indiana live returns. We're also going to get into some business because we got to figure this out. We're facing a socialist in the fall. I've been asked by people like Doc Porbin on Facebook to, to make sure that we're directing everybody to focus on policy, not just the infighting. So we're going to get into a little bit of that tomorrow night on the Andrea K Show. So join me here. Love you all. Have a great night. Here come bad news, talking this and that.